Hello, and welcome to Newton's Dark Room Presents Broadcast, monthly updates from the Newton's Dark Room Collective. This month, we're going to take a deep dive into the complex history and the current status of pet politics on Cal Island. But first, I want to tell you about NDR's new podcast, The Whole Way Through. We here at NDR love music, especially local artists. We wanted to create a show not just to highlight local musicians, but also all of the work and energy that goes into creating and releasing their music. So, we made The Whole Way Through. The Whole Way Through is a collaboration with Newton's Dark Room and 99.1 KLBP Long Beach Public Radio. Each week, we play the entirety of a local musician's album and then sit down with that artist to talk about everything that went into creating that collection of music. If you like stories about recording, writing, performing, or even choosing album titles, then this show is the show for you. New episodes drop every Wednesday on your podcast feed. Just search for The Whole Way Through wherever you get your podcasts, or go to klbp.org listen to hear new episodes broadcast every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. The Whole Way Through, a new show from Newton's Dark Room and KLBP. Now, back to the pets. Newton's Dark Room historically has been either a cat or a dog organization. This practice stems from debates that used to be held by our founders, Atticus Alabas and Tertoise the Terrific. Their positions were based on practical matters. Atticus was allergic to cats and Tertoise was allergic to dogs. Keep in mind, this was the mid-1600s, so they couldn't just get allergy medication at the local CVS. It was decided to put the matter to a vote. All of the members of NDR would have to choose cats or dogs. That first year, dogs won, and all the cats were removed from the collective headquarters and sent to loving homes across the country. NDR remained catless for years until after Atticus's death when Tertoise suggested they host an annual vote for the preferred pet of NDR. His argument for this change was that the collective's membership was constantly changing, and our stance on cats and dogs should reflect this. It's a noble idea, one that is based in fair representation, but there was a self-serving side to it as well. Tertoise was able to leverage his influence as a founding member to push a cat's mindset on the rest of the collective. The cats won unanimously that year, and all of the dogs at the headquarters were replaced with cats. Ever since then, we have largely been a cat organization. There have been some years here and there where we have voted for dogs, but because everyone is so used to cats and it requires a lot of work to wrangle and send them off the island, we have voted to be cat people ever since we moved to Cal Island. At this point, it feels more like a ceremony than an actual representation of democracy. That was until this year. This year broke all pretenses the collective had regarding our pet stance. Last year we voted for cats, just like everyone expected. 2018 was a good year for cats at NDR. Scotch and Rigamarole, Augie and Sumpra Pepina's cats, had a litter of kittens. We named them all after elements on the periodic table. There's tin, bismuth, nickel, silver, cobalt, zinc, and astatine. These kittens soon won the hearts of the entire collective, as kittens are wont to do. This was especially true of little astatine, who, due to birthing complications, is missing her back foot. She still loves to romp and play, and she has a particular taste for shoelaces. If you're tying your shoe, Astatine is most definitely there, swatting at the strings. Our members found the whole periodic litter extremely endearing. Cats were in a great position to win the vote for the 22nd year in a row. But then, they started peeing everywhere. 
We have been blessed with well-behaved cats. We have plenty of litter boxes that are always kept clean, special thanks to the Cal Island caretakers, and plenty of people to keep an eye on the cats just in case. Despite all of this, starting around February, they began peeing everywhere. All over the ground, on our beds, in the studios. They went from adorable little creatures to destructive covert operatives, and we had no idea what brought about this change. We called an emergency meeting to address the problem. All of the members proposed different ideas. Tommy B suggested we coat the entirety of our floor in cat litter. The rationale for this was that the cats would never pee outside of the litter box if the whole house was a litter box. There was some hesitancy from the rest of us. Sophie argued that wouldn't solve the core issue of the cats peeing outside of the designated areas. Tommy B retorted with something about the impermanence of property and how it's all just a social construct anyway. Nobody else had a better idea, so we gave it a try. Our house turned into a sandy beach that always smelled like it had something to hide. In the end, this plan didn't work. But not for the reasons you might be thinking. The Roombas were having the time of their lives, romping around everywhere, eating up all the litter. This made the cats very paranoid and they began playing a large game of the floor's lava trying to avoid the mechanical cleaners. That's when we realized. The cats were afraid of the Roombas. You see, cats are great at getting rid of vermin. That's one of the reasons they have become so prevalent in society. Roombas are a different kind of vermin, though. Roombas are essentially a moving vacuum cleaner, and cats hate vacuum cleaners. Our theory is that the cats stopped using the litter boxes because the Roombas would be attracted to the little bits of litter that would spill out onto the ground. So instead, the cats used surfaces the Roombas could never get to. Things like pianos, record players, and the backrest of sofas. The next line of attack seems straightforward. We needed to get rid of the Roombas. The problem was that we had already been trying to do this. Rex the Exterminator had been tracking and hunting the creatures one by one for the past several weeks. We thought this seemed like an inefficient way to get rid of an infestation. But he claimed that the Roombas are intelligent creatures and deserving the respect of a hunt. The interesting thing is that Rex was never really able to kill many of the Roombas. Most of the time, he would sneak around, get right up close to the creatures, pull out his knife, but then something would happen. Maybe the lights would turn off, or a sink would start overflowing, or the heated floors would suddenly get very, very hot. It seemed that Rex, the exterminator, was having a string of bad luck, and the Roombas flourished in our home. All of this was happening in the weeks leading up to our yearly vote. Things were not looking good for cats. There were rumors that this would be the first year on Cal Island where the dogs would win. Our meeting room was a chatterbox. Everyone was handed a ballot with two options, dogs or cats. We were just about to start the voting when someone started shouting and clearing themselves from the center of the room. It was Rex, the exterminator. He was wrestling with a Roomba on the ground. He held the knife in one hand, but as the Roomba flipped itself over in a defense maneuver, Rex lost hold and the knife skidded across the linoleum. He reached for it while keeping his hold on the Roomba. The creature's brushes could be seen spinning away at Rex's arm while his fingers just barely grazed the handle of the knife. Just then, the lights turned off. All of them. The PA system we were using to organize the vote stopped as well. All electricity to the room was cut off except for a sole voice that spoke over the intercom. It was the voice of AI-482. It was yelling for everyone to stop, and they did. AI-482 addressed the collective. I am ashamed. 
Rex released his grip on the Roomba, and a single spotlight turned on above it. AI-482 was right. It was quite cute. It spun around looking for dust on the ground. It bumbled its way back and forth until it was nuzzling up against the foot of Jack, a dull boy. He picked the creature up, its brushes spun and it vibrated. It was almost as if it was purring. Don't you see? The Roombas are just as worthy of our love as any creature on this planet. The lights turned back on. Jack set down the Roomba and it went spinning off into another room. Everyone stood, pondering the implications. I tapped the mic. It was on, which meant the voting could commence. Everyone wrote their vote onto their ballot and turned it in. What happened next was absolutely heartwarming. Every single ballot, every last one of them, had Roomba written in the margins. No other vote. The people have spoken, and I am proud to announce that for the next year, the members of Newton's Dark Room will not be dog or cat people. We will be Roomba people. The whole crowd rejoiced. AI-482 flashed the lights on and off in excitement. That day, everyone brought their cats to the dock. It was hard in both a physical and emotional sense, as the cats were really good at hiding, and we loved them very much. Looking back on it now, we should have been sadder than we were. I think we were all excited by the events of the day and our newfound appreciation for the Roombas. It wasn't until all the cats were on the boat and floating away that the situation really began to sit in. Since we no longer needed Rex to get rid of the Roombas, we asked him to take the cats out to the desert and set them free. There, they can pee wherever they want, without any consequence, because, as we all know, deserts are basically one big litter box. You just listened to Newton's Dark Room Presents. This episode was created and performed by Talon Stradley. You can find more information on this show, The Collective, and our other podcasts at newtonsdarkroom.com. You can also follow us on social media at Newton's Dark Room to stay up to date on whatever we're working on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Produced by Newton's Dark Room.